You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. We have a little bit of a theme this week, and it's completely coincidental that I happen to have two women on this week that talk about sex, that help with sex, that help with sex positivity, helping people with their partners have great sex lives. And honestly, it just happened to be that they both landed on the same week for these interviews. So I think it's kind of like a little theme this week in terms of how to have great sexual relationships. And so today on this interview, we talked to Aaron Cayley and we're talking about threesomes. I don't believe I've ever had anyone who has talked about this. I've talked about it a few times, but I don't think I've had maybe maybe one, maybe two in the past six years I've been doing the podcast where we really dive deep into this and have an expert come on and talk about how to have a threesome, the best way to do it, the best conversations to have, the best way to bring it up either with your girlfriend or even with someone who's a new partner. All of that is going to be revealed and discussed on today's episode with, again, my guest, Erin Cayley. And she's very smart. She's very well-spoken. She's got a lot of advice and she's not like a threesome coach by any means. She is a sex positive coach and she helps women, she helps men have amazing sex lives. And so I thought, okay, let's talk about something. Well, actually, no, this is her idea. She's the one who brought it up to me. I think she went through the podcast and saw that there probably wasn't a lot of information on it. So she thought, okay, let's talk about this. She brought it up to me. She reached out to me. I said, great, let's do this. So we're going to get to that in a moment. I want to thank every single person who has downloaded the episodes, listening to the episodes, subscribe to iTunes, because we are now in the top 200 consistently. And I want to thank you for that. The reason why I'm thanking you is because when I'm in the top 200, when How to Talk to Girls podcast is in the top 200, and not just like around 200, but like in the 150s, 160s, this is going to get the podcast out further to more people. And I want as many people to listen to this as possible. I'm on a mission to help as many men as possible. So it's so cool to see how it's consistently uh, just growing and growing and growing. So I thank you for that. Yes, you, the person who's listening right now, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the advice. Thank you for telling people about the podcast. Thank you for leaving a review. If you've left a review, it is much appreciated. We are just blowing up. I want to get this thing to the top 10 I want it to be, I mean, I believe it already is the biggest podcast that gives dating advice to guys, but I want everyone to know it. And uh, so anyway, I thank you very much. If you need more help with women, if you're in a place in your life where threesomes sounds amazing, sounds like a great fantasy to fulfill, but you can't even talk to girls, you are shy around girls, you don't know how to attract women, you feel like you are either getting rejected a lot or maybe not enough because you're not even going up and talking to women or you're online dating profile is just a mess. You know that coaching is available and we can get you started as soon as possible. Either you're going to be working with me or a certified coach who works for TripAdvice. So there's lots of options for you to get help and to start right away. If you need help, go to coachedbytrip.com. The link is in the show notes per usual. That is a place where you can go and watch the testimonials of people who have taken coaching. And also you can fill out an application at that same exact website, which is coachedbytrip.com. Check that out. Apply. I will get back to you within 24 hours, and then we will see if coaching is a good fit for you. 
Let's get into today's interview. Very excited about it. It was awesome. You're going to learn a lot. Here is my interview with Aaron Cayley, aka Turn On with Aaron. Check it out. Aaron, it's good to have you on the podcast. How you doing? It's good to be here. I'm doing well. What would you title yourself? What is what is your expertise? What do you tell people when they say, what do you do? So I would consider myself a sex, love, and play coach. And I say that because my main focus is to help couples have sexier sex lives and relationships and to explore fantasies and desires together. So how did you know that this was something that people needed help with or that this was something that you should be doing to help people? When did you discover this could be something that you can actually make a career out of? So I have been this person for my friends for as long as I can remember. They always came to me with questions and and also just my experience with relationships growing up. I always saw relationships go stale and get boring as time went on. And I felt like people had more curiosities than they were leading on to. And myself, I started exploring my sexuality and getting more interested in what I was curious about after college. And I wanted to keep evolving that. And I'm lucky to now have a partner who I've been with eight years almost. And we're getting married next year. Oh, and congrats. We, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And uh, we've been together for a while now, but we're still continuously exploring. We are ourselves in a non-monogamous relationship, but we started out as monogamous. And I want to help people, regardless of what relationship style they're in, explore this kind of thing for their relationship because it can be so fun and so bonding. And you talk a lot about this yourself in that it always is continued effort and work for relationship. And this is the thing too, is keep being curious, keep evolving and keep exploring together. So you have threesomes with your partner? Yes. Yeah. I want threesome is one of my favorite dynamics. So I love okay. talking and about it. Is it with another guy or is it with another girl when you typically have, do it? So we have done both dynamics. We have done two guys and two girls, and I love both. They're very different dynamics. And it's interesting to see how many women are interested in, in both as well, but more women are interested in two men and more men are interested in two women. And But it can be really... it's extremely fun both ways. And the dynamic and kind of like the hierarchy can change. And that's really fun to explore with a partner or even with a match. So do you guide your clients through this? Do they ask you questions about this in terms of how to set up a threesome or the best practices and things like that? Yes, it's definitely something I help guide them through. I'm not a hands-on sex coach. Uh, It's more so through uh, video and coaching and and talking them right. You're not. It, but, you're not there. Yeah. No. I'm not. I'm not there facilitating yeah. it. <laughs> but no, absolutely, because they can be tricky. And even as far as like we're in a non-monogamous relationship, but there's been so many things that I've even learned through my own exploration. And threesomes can go really sour really fast. And how can we make this a fun experience? How can we make it the best it can be? And something that ends up being a happy memory instead of a a failed attempt at something new. So you say they go sour fast. Tell me more about that. What does that look like? 
So one of the things that comes up the most in threesomes is jealousy. And threesomes can be very, like any group sex or any group play can be really triggering because it can show you insecurities that you didn't know were there. And I know you talk about this a lot too with just, I mean, it's not about just getting the girl. It's about becoming a better person for yourself and for your partner. And how can you both come to a relationship as that? And this will help you evolve that because your insecurities will be there and they might pop up. And that's one of the things is when you're balancing three different people's energies, you have this new challenge of making sure that how, how is the attention being distributed? How are you on both of the same page? A lot of people go into threesomes with these assumptions of what they want to see, regardless if it's a, a partner, a long-term partner or not, you still all want to be on the same page of what you want out of it. And that's a, a big thing of what I help guide them on is, first of all, going into it with an intention. What do you want it to be like? What does it look like? And then you can even, if you're in a partnership, have this kind of like role play and fantasy talk because that can that can pop up a lot of what people want to happen in it and and what could be triggering. Like, oh, wait a second. I don't want you to go down on her because maybe he shares something of that side. I just want, like, it'd be okay if we did it together. So that's when a lot of these boundary conversations come up with, the, which is a huge thing that I help people work through because it really comes down to insecurities. Got it. Okay. This is all great stuff. And I feel like we skipped ahead a little bit. So I want to start from the very beginning. So let's say you are a guy who is single, which is most of the men who listen to the podcast, and they're interested in having a threesome. What does that look like? How does that... How do you begin that? How do you initiate that? What's the best practices there? So there could be a, a variety of scenarios. One way is, is that you meet some really flirty girls at a bar and maybe they're showing interest in each other. I've had plenty of clients and friends who have had this happen with them of just kind of being in the right place at the right time and, and having this conversation. But I think for him as well, is it asking them like, hey, what are you into? Like, I'd really like to try this. It's funny because with single people, they're much more open to explore because they don't have so much attachment to their partner yet. So that could be as simple as having a conversation of like, it'd be really fun if we go home together. I could see this happening. Also on the other end, which I've also seen is him having a close girlfriend that maybe they're having casual sex, whatever it is their agreement is. And she has a friend that she wants to play with. Threesomes are the top fantasy. So there are a lot of people interested. So it, it could be as simple as just bringing it up and saying like, hey, I've always had this fantasy. Have, have you ever thought about it before? And just starting to talk about it. And that's when it kind of goes out. Okay. Okay, got it. What do you think is the easiest way? Because I've always thought about the fact that it might be easiest to have a girl that you're already dating that you yes. can then set up a threesome with versus, hey, I'm a single guy. I'm going to the bar and let's see what happens. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I think it's always easier with someone that you're dating because you already have this shared communication. And I think that sex should be part of any conversation, right? So even talking about your desires, what you want to try, I always like putting the ball in their court first. Like even when I talk to male clients, I tell them to ask their girlfriends, like, 
what would you like to try new? What, what do you think about threesomes? And just starting the conversation there and seeing where it goes. Because that's when really it gets fun and interesting. And maybe it just starts as a fantasy talk. You don't want to put a timeline on it because if she feels pressured in any way, it'll definitely be a shutdown fast. So how do you keep that conversation going and curious and kind of throw out what you would like to see and ask her what she feels about it? I think it's definitely a way better scenario to have someone that you're dating, seriously or not, and to have that conversation and just kind of see where it goes from there. Typically, she'll be interested in a friend or maybe you want to go out together and meet someone. The other thing is that I always advise doing is to join apps. And I know there's a lot of hate on apps with couples looking for a third. But is there? There's hate on that? There is. There is. More so from girls. And which I think is funny because if you're being clear about what you're looking for on dating apps then all you're doing is weeding out people that aren't interested. I agree. Exactly. It's like, who cares what other people think? It's like, yeah, most people are not going to want that. So who cares? Because you're not trying to attract them anyway, right? Exactly. Now, I do understand why girls get frustrated when they match with a guy or match with a girl and they're not forward about what their intention is in this match. And I think that's when it gets frustrating. And so that kind of ruined it for everyone. I've heard plenty of girls complain about, oh, I see there's all these couples just looking for a third. I'm not looking for a third. I'm like, well, just that's what swipe left is for. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, well, that's fine, right? It's like, it's different, right? If a guy's kind of, if he's not displaying the fact that he's in a relationship looking for a threesome and it kind of tricks the girl because she's like, wait, you, there's, there's no pictures of you and the other girl. It's just you. Now you're telling me this when I got excited about you. I understand that. But yeah, if if there's all these people that are couples on there, well, I don't know what to tell you. This is welcome to online dating. This is going to happen, right? Swipe left. But yeah, so from what I'm hearing you say then, and this is advice that I've given too, is you can use online dating as a way to meet a girl for a threesome on all the different apps, not even having to be a threesome app. And you just got to put yourself in pictures with the girl that you're with and say that you're looking for that. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So you can obviously use 3Fun, but yes, you can use all any traditional app. There's another one called Field, which is much more for more open-minded couples, especially for I have clients that have been looking to date girls that are interested in having a more monogamous relationship and playing with others. And so if you're into any certain fantasy or kink, you can share that on your profile, but otherwise just use the traditional ones like Bumble, Tinder. Okay. It's so interesting. I feel like a new app, a kink threesome app comes out every year. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It does. there's There's always a new one. And it takes a while for them to catch on too. And I, I, I just don't think that people are going there specifically to match. I mean, three fun is a really poorly designed app, honestly. But Field has been around for a while. And it's. I feel like it's just a more sex positive app that you can be yourself on and share different angles of your sexuality and also sexual interests. Because, you know, for a man who's looking for... You know, there's a kink called hot wifing. Like one of my clients has a, kink, a hot wife kink. So he wants her to sleep with other men as part of their relationship. And so he knows that he wants that. 
And Isn't that so called, I thought to, it was called cuckolding. There's two different kinds. So hot wifing is more, is not to do with like humiliation. Cuckolding is more of a humiliation kink. Whereas hot wifing is that they just find it really attractive to basically see their partner as their favorite porn star. Really. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. go on. Yeah. So I think for men that are clear on their desires, go to apps like that and women as well. And But that can be also a really great place to find a threesome because there's more sexually open-minded people on there. Okay, makes sense. So let's say you're having the conversation, you're dating a girl, you're kind of feeling it out like, hey, I'm interested in this. Is that something you've, you've ever done or be interested in? And she says, you know what? I don't know. I'm not really sure. I just don't find myself very attracted to women. Mm-hmm. Would you say, you know what? Sounds like this person is not going to be interested and just drop it. Or do you think there's something else you can say that might get her interested in it or something to say that can kind of make her more open-minded? Like, What are your thoughts if, if you get a response like that? Because I feel like that'd be the most common response mm-hmm. In the sense where if a girl was not interested in doing something like that. I mean, this is the thing is that with our fantasies, they're across the board. And some women who are interested in other women that are even bi-curious, they might think that they're not interested in threesomes, but the group dynamic can be really fun and fascinating. The thing I would do is maybe watch a porn segment together, maybe talk about, maybe share your fantasy with her and see if it turns her on. If it doesn't, then there's really no convincing. And I think that that's where a lot of men trip up is that they feel like they have to convince her to be interested in a threesome. And I'm telling you that if you push her and she is trying to please you and does it anyway, it's going to end up in disaster. Mm -hmm. So if you're not getting any buy-in, then it's not going to be fun. So just... Maybe it's not a match sexually. Like if this is something that you're really interested in or that you're, you want to be more sexually open or explorative, maybe she's not the right match for you. I would be very careful about pushing her because that's where a lot of women feel like they get tricked or pushed into it. And then they get triggered because then they see you, they see him, their partner with another girl and all hell breaks loose. I also, I want to add to this too, like, just seems to be better if you just find someone who's actually really interested instead of trying to have to persuade, right? It's like, there's so many women out there that are interested in something like this. Why even bother going this dangerous route where you're trying to, you're basically swimming upstream here. Like Mm -hmm. it sounds easier and more fun if you just off the bat have someone who's interested. What do you think? I think it's so fun. I mean, my partner, we bonded over our first two dates on being open and talking about things that we were interested in. And I didn't have any other dates like that. He, I just felt like I could be very open with him. And so we talked about not really detailed, not on those first two dates, but we were open to talking about going to nude beaches or being curious about exploring sexuality and and trying new things. Like we're both curious people and that's what bonded us over that. And so I would definitely say that. I think the thing is, is I do have people come to me that have been in long-term relationships and they say, listen, I love my partner. 
I'm obsessed with her, but I just don't know how to get her to be more open. And that's where it's tricky. Like, how do I, how do I get my wife of 10 years to be open to threesomes? And that's where it's difficult because you really do have to decide if this is something that you really want to express. And, and some women are open to having their partner explore with someone else, like a whole past situation. And because they just don't want to be involved. But that's a whole other topic. So what do you say to, to guys who are saying that to you? Like, what's your response to that when you're coaching them or talking to them? And they're like, yeah, I don't know what to do. She's not interested in this. What should I do? How do I do this? I think that there's a lot of pressure on people to stay in relationships that aren't right for them. And even marriages, people feel like they're these contracts. And we're in relationships for a long time nowadays. And it's you either evolve together and, and some people, they discover their sexuality or discover new desires later in their lives. And but they're in this relationship that isn't growing in the same direction. And, you know, some of these are just fantasies and you're just like, ah, it'd be kind of cool to try. But if it's something like for me now, I know that if I, there are some couples that are trying to go non-monogamous years into their relationship. And if there's a mismatch there, then I would say that that's the end of the relationship. If you can't get on the same page, and again, you want both parties to be on the same page, it is more fun. You do not want to have to convince your partner. We've always like, my partner and I have always been very fluid in just sharing what we're interested in sharing what we're not interested in, new boundaries that come up. Hey, I'm not feeling so hot this week. Can we just pause the play with others? It's it's a constant conversation. And it's also just sharing new things that bubble up for us. And my relationship as of now, we're growing together. But I think for couples, for men that come to me and say, everything I do, I try, I bring in sex toys, I bring in this, and she's says, no, 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 I'm not interested in this. I don't want sex anymore. I don't, they call it kinky. Kinky has such a bad rep and kinky is just being more curious. Like how can you make it more interesting? How can you spice it more up? And I think that that's where the relationship just kind of falls off because if you both aren't evolving and being curious and trying new things together, then is that really a relationship you want to be in? That's a good point. It's a very good point. You got to you gotta really figure out what your priorities are. And if your priorities are to, for example, have a threesome or do specific kinks or some of those things, and that's not something that's happening in your relationship, then you might want to think twice, right? Right. So you said before we started this call that you have some sort of quiz. Can you talk about that? I think now would be a good time to talk about that since we're talking about what guys might be interested in or maybe finding out what they're interested in. Yeah. So I think one of the best ways to start a conversation with someone that you're dating or your partner or you're in a relationship is to ask each other what you're curious about. And that can be a very daunting thing. So I created this quiz called the sexual curiosity quiz to kind of help you dip your toes into the water of what you might be curious about. There's a lot of things that we actually aren't aware of that turn us on. Maybe it's something that you see via porn or maybe something on Tumblr. You know, Tumblr has their whole underground scene of sexy gifts. And that's something, and I think that that's the thing is as humans, 
we're continuing to evolve our curiosity. Some things might change and some new things might bubble up. And how do we explore those? So this quiz is just a really fun way to kind of dip your toe in the water, see what turns you on. A question per se is like, hey, what do you think about having a threesome with two guys? What do you think about having a threesome with two girls? How turned on are you by the thought of like a spanking or or something like that? So it, it helps us start playing and exploring what we might be curious about. And then you can share your results with your future partner, your current partner. And that's where the really fun fantasy conversation can start. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's very interesting that we are definitely scared to bring some of this stuff up. And even, you know, it's like, no, I, I, I think just all this stuff with sex, I think is hilarious. The fact that we have a, so much shame around it. And it's like mm-hmm. the reason why we exist is because two people at one point had sex. <laughs> so the whole reason for existence is due to this activity that everyone likes and wants to do in some shape or form. Yet, it's still one of those conversations that's so difficult to bring up to your partner or to the girl that you're dating. Any thoughts on that? It is. And it's, I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why I got into this because I've always spoken so openly about it. I've always been open about my experiences. And that's why my friends have always come to me to ask me questions. And now my clients come to me because there is so much shame. I have so many people men and women coming to my inbox to just ask me if what they're turned on by is normal. And the truth is that it is. I mean, we are diverse human beings. There are so many interesting things going on in our world and we should be able to talk about it. And I think what really comes down to is that we've been fed this thing that, you know, vanilla sex or just, you know, missionary sex is it's what procreation is about. And we all know that that gets boring really fast. So how do we keep that interesting? And how do we keep exploring with our partners? And we should be able to have those conversations of sharing that, but we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of judgment because the truth is, is that that does happen. You can share something with your partner and they might be disgusted by it. And that's scary because especially with when you're with someone that you love, you don't want them to think poorly of you because of something that you're interested in. But the truth is, as we know, you don't have to have everything in common. You can have these few things in common and maybe that's not something that you explore together and that's totally fine. You know, it's interesting. You bring up a really good point there based on evolutionary psychology, this idea of sexual rejection, putting kind of all the pieces together that I've learned about this I mean, I never really thought about it in this way where, yeah, of course, it's a very difficult conversation to have because the rejection in this part is very scary because on a subconscious level, getting rejected from a girl, well, in any rejection, whether she rejects you when you go and talk to her or she rejects you sexually or something to that degree, that is basically saying to another human or a way that a guy might interpret it, is, oh, now I can't spread my seed, which Mm -hmm. is a very tough rejection on such a primal level. So that's kind of what I interpreted from what you just said. Like, yeah, 
having some sort of rejection based around sex is really tough. Therefore, guys have a tough time with having that conversation due to that potential rejection. Right. And I think for men, it's to challenge that. And women as well. Like, why settle? And why deny yourself what you want to explore? Because the thing is, is that if you're not exploring that, I've found with a lot of people that I've worked with that it haunts them. If they don't explore something and and they're just having this, you know, sex, it, I mean, we talked about it too. We've spoken a lot about this with a lot of different clients of talking about even how many times you're having sex a week, like getting on the same page of that. Because if you're not on the same page of how many times you're having sex, then how are you going to explore anything beyond that? So being that this is so tough, this is tough, it's tough to have that conversation. What are some mindsets for guys to go into when they want to talk to the girl that they're dating about the kinks or the threesomes that they want to have? And maybe, I don't know if there's anything different between the guy who's just dating a girl versus the guy who's been married for 10 years in terms of having this conversation. What are some mindsets for guys to think about in both of those scenarios? I think in both scenarios, it's just important to remember that just to not be afraid of being rejected because she might reject you. And that does not mean that you're weird or not normal or that you're dirty or should be shamed. It has nothing to do with that. That's her personal opinion. And it's okay if she's not interested or turned on by what you're interested in. And I think that that's first and foremost for both parties, because I think it might carry more weight to someone that's in a long-term relationship because then they have this question of, okay, is this a relationship that I want to continue? We've been together for 10 years. But I think that the mindset is the same. Is The next step is, is this something that if I don't explore, is this something that I'm just willing to let go of and that I'm okay with? Or do I want to find a partner that I can explore these things with? See, that's so important. I feel like guys need to be thinking about this stuff before they go out and meet women is what it is that they want, what it is that they're interested in. You got to make sure that you are compatible with the woman that you're with. You don't want to get into a relationship and then years down the line, all of a sudden talk about your fantasies and kinks or whatever it is that you want. That could be a huge mistake. That's a gamble. So it's so important to know what you're looking for, or at least have an idea on some level. I I tell guys too, beyond sex, that it's important to know what kind of woman that you want to be with. Like You should just know what kind of relationship that you want. There's all kinds of different relationships that you can have, depending on what you're looking for. And that can be just with the dynamics of what the relationship looks like. Or in this case, we're talking about what the sexual dynamics look like. So it's good to know before going in because you want to filter beforehand, not deal with it afterward, right? Absolutely. Because this is the thing is that I think a lot of men are afraid to be specific about what they want in a woman and what they're interested in sexually because they're afraid of getting fewer matches or having fewer relationships. And the point of that is that don't you want the relationships that are right for you? The ones mm-hmm. that you feel most expressed in, the ones that bring you alive and make you feel excited and supported in your curiosity and that yeah. you have all these fun adventures together 
And I think it's important. It's a, it's a filter. And if you go in like, yes, maybe if you have a very basic profile and you just post some photos and, and you're not specific about what it is you're looking for, yeah, maybe you'll go out on more dates, but they're going to be a waste of your time. And then you're going to end up getting in relationships that are going to be painful when you realize that you are not on the same page, whether it's with your beliefs or your sexual interests. Right, right. Okay, so let's say now you do have the conversation with the girl you're dating or your wife, 10 years, whoever it may be. And they say, oh yeah, I'm interested. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) And And it's like, okay, it's on. And you find someone... Let's talk about now the process of what's happening during this threesome. Rules, mindsets, things like that. Kind of, we kind of touched upon this earlier, but now let's go into, okay, your fantasy is about to happen. What should you be looking out for? What are some of the rules? What, what are the conversations to be had beforehand? Things like that. Okay. So one of the first things I love to do is to talk about role play and to have this kind of fantasy pillow talk which I kind of touched on earlier, but it's literally getting into the mood with each other, setting the scene, if anything, like in any kind of like sexual environment, like being comfortable with each other, laying in bed, wherever it is you feel comfortable and having this conversation of like, what do you think you want to happen? And this can kind of forlay into some dirty talk or sex talk, but it can really kind of bring up what you both are interested in. And it's a fun way instead of just saying, okay, here are my bullet points. I would like you both to go down on me. I want a double blow job. I want this, this, this. Like this is, that's not fun. Like no one's going to have fun with that conversation. So how can you kind of have this more back and forth conversation of like, okay, what happens next? And then what happens next? And then what do you do? And that's a much more fun conversation to have. And it will also be clear of what kind of bubbles up. Again, like I talked to before, maybe she's not ready for you to go down on her. Maybe that's something that she, for whatever reason, only feels safe being reserved for her at this point. And that's okay. And and honor each other's boundaries because this can go really far when you go at a pace that matches each other. If you try to push too far, someone's going to get hurt and just ends up having lasting effects. So have these conversations and be really honest about where you feel unsafe. Because if there's something that comes up in this fun conversation that lingers with you, like, I don't know what it will feel like to watch her with another man, for example. Like, I feel unsafe about that. And have that conversation and share that with her that, you feel a little insecure, like what if she likes it more? And these are those conversations that come up. And that's where the jealousy comes in and realizing, both of you realizing that it's not a comparison game. It's literally like apples and oranges. They're all freaking fruit. They taste different. They look different. They feel different. It's just about exploring and having these new experiences and and new energies. And hey, you might learn some new skills from all from each other. So. Okay, cool. So what I'm hearing is have long conversations about all this and kind of play it out mm-hmm. and see what it would be like before you do it and just chat about the different ways that you might see it going, 
the things that you might like, the things that you could think about that could be uncomfortable for you, whatever that might be. Encourage your partner to share the same thing. Like really play it out and almost visualize it before you jump in. Is that right? I think that honestly, that's the fastest and easiest way for couples to get on the same page is when they play this pillow talk out. Because when you have this conversation, you're very clear on what each other want out of it in a very fun, sexy way. And then comes the boundaries of, okay, let's talk about what's off the table. Like, what are we not okay with? And the next thing is, is that during the event, like during like having this group sex or having this experience is being on the same page with each other that if one of you feels uncomfortable or unsafe or triggered or whatever it may be to have some sort of safe word. And you can share that with all three parties, have a safe word, or at least make sure that you're having some sort of visual contact that alerts the other person that I need to take a pause. And maybe that pause ends up being like the end of the experience and that's okay But I think a lot of men and women get really invested in having this whole thing play out. And maybe someone wasn't so honest about their boundaries or maybe something new popped up that they weren't really anticipating. And just being on the same page that if one of us feels unsafe, we stop. And that was one of the things that I learned very early on in my relationship is I felt so safe exploring these things because I trusted him that if I, at any point, like it didn't matter if I was like mid tongue or whatever it was, is that he would stop and I would stop and we would take a pause. And then we could kind of reconvene and see if I felt, you know, okay to keep continuing or if, if the play needed to stop. And, and that I feel like is the most important piece is having that trust between each other, that it's okay to call it off, regardless if it's like you're, about to go meet up your match from a dating app or if you're, you know, mid-play, mid-scene. So it's like a safety net almost. Yes, I think that's important with relationships. I honestly believe that having the security between each other is crucial to this kind of play because if you don't have security in your relationship, if you don't fully trust each other, that's when a lot of the bad experiences happen because it's triggering and you don't feel safe. And so then you feel like you have to attach and hold on and protect what's yours. And that's when it becomes more possessive and obviously not so much more fun anymore. So funny how it can go such an, the opposite way, right? It's like this fantasy that you really want and really desire. But if you don't treat it with respect and do the proper protocols that you're talking about, it can go bad. Like it can go the opposite direction of what you wanted it to be. And it can just could potentially be a disaster depending on who you're with and what the situation is. So as much as it's something you want to do, it sounds like you got to take it seriously and be careful here. Not to scare anyone, but you know, it's just not something to take lightly because there are things that could happen that could make it blow up. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing is that I, you know, I, I even talked to a lot of people about scheduling sex, for example, and so many people are against that. 
And they're like, oh, scheduling sex, that's like the end of the fun time. And I'm like, no, it's about curating and creating space and making your intimacy a priority in your relationship. And because, you know, life gets in the way, work moves on, and all of a sudden it's been two weeks and we haven't had sex or two months and we haven't had sex. And so scheduling sex is creating space so that you both know that you're going to show up in this way for each other at this time. And I think that this kind of going through this kind of breakdown of a threesome, it can seem nitty gritty and people are like, okay, this is too much. This is too complicated. That's what I hear a lot. This is too complicated. But the thing is, is that on the other side of this, it is so much fun. I just want to help make it a more positive experience because when people go in, like maybe I've heard my fair share of like drunken experiences where threesomes were super fun and everyone was just blitzed out. But do you really want to be, do you really need to be intoxicated to have a good time? No, all you're doing is numbing your insecurities when it's even more fun to be completely in the element. And I mean, you have these flashbacks that last for forever. And it's so fun to have these new experiences with a partner. Like whether you're learning a new skill together and learning, I don't know, taking dancing classes together, or you're having a threesome, it's just so fun to have these new experiences. And then you get to see your partner in this new element and you get to try new things. And I mean, there are sexual experiences that you can just not have with three people, you know, like there are sexual experiences that you can have with two people that you'll never have with three. And so for people that are interested in it, it's just fun. You just have to take the time to have these conversations, just communicate. Communication, obviously, is one of the most important parts in all areas of relationships. And this is just not one to look over. Well said, well said. I'm curious, you mentioned something about the whole scheduling, right? So there is a big problem with relationships where sex is something that might start to dwindle, maybe because you have kids, you've been married for a long time. Let's say you bring that up and you want to do some sort of scheduling. But one of the people in the relationship finds that that is uncomfortable for them. It's not spontaneous. It's too type A. What do you do then? So I would just say to give it a test run. I think that in any relationship, not making like a permanent change and just positioning it as a test run, like, hey, let's try this for three weeks and see what happens. Because more often than not, one person in the couple is not happy with how much sex they're having. And yes, again, at the beginning of the relationship, you have this chemical cocktail that is much more inspirational when it comes to finding times to have sex. But after that wears off, you have to be intentional about it. So, and maybe it's not saying, okay, at six o'clock, we're going to do this. Maybe it's saying, okay, on Tuesday nights, we're doing date night. And maybe that's the night that you agree to have sex because then you have this whole ramp up period. But like, that's when we always know that on date night, we'll have sex because that's like our scheduled sex night. And then we have a conversation of like, you know, what does it look like for you? And it's having these continued conversations because that might change over time. Maybe one month you both feel like you want to have sex five times a week. And another month comes along and we're like, you know, I feel like I'd be fulfilled and satisfied with once a week. And, but be on the same page with each other. So one of you doesn't feel like you're getting shorted. But I do think that when one person in the couple 
is resistant to it. It's like, okay, why don't we just do a test run and see what happens and we'll see how this plays out. And, and I think it's much easier to make it a date night because you do have this ramp up period and it can be really fun and anticipatory because you know what's about to come. It's, it's just like going on a date. And I always loved that because at the beginning of our relationship, one of the things that I said to my partner was that I want to date each other forever. Like seduction does not end at the beginning of the relationship. Once you snag each other, you keep seducing each other. And I think that weekly date nights, scheduling sex is a way to do that because you're creating space for it to happen. I love it. Any other different issues that you see that could be a problem that come up in these situations that you have some sort of mindset or technique for? Anything else? So I, I think that that honestly pretty much covers it. I think understanding that jealousy... Okay, so something that comes up in threesomes a lot is that someone will say, oh, I'm interested in the threesome, but I'm, I'm a jealous person. And I want people to challenge themselves not to hide behind jealousy because jealousy is not a personality trait. It is this umbrella term for an insecurity that you're feeling in yourself or your relationship. And having this group play, exploring group play or exploring new things challenge us personally. How can we liberate ourselves from our fears and insecurities? If you don't feel safe in your relationship, why is that? How can you feel more assured by your partner? And how can you get that assurance from your partner? Is it words of affirmation? Is it more physical touch? Is it having weekly date nights because you don't feel as connected with each other? So I think that these kinds of play, like threesomes can be so fun as well, even when jealousy comes up, because what you're doing is you're clearing the way to be even closer with each other and not let these things keep you from having a healthy, fun sex life. Is there anything else that you want to say to the guys who are listening? Any kind of, you know, just words of wisdom here as they enter this arena, just kind of last things to say? You deserve to have fun. You deserve to feel loved and explore the things that you're interested in. Don't be afraid of filtering out the wrong women for you. Don't be afraid of rejection because all you're doing is clearing the way to find a woman that you can actually have an amazing relationship with and a healthy, exciting sex life. Awesome. Where can guys find you? If they want to learn more, if they want to work with you, get any help with any of this, and maybe you can also specifically say what you do help with. Yes. So I am on Instagram at, at turn on with Aaron. And I'm also have a website, erinkaley.com, E-R-I-N-K-A-L-E-Y.com, where all of my coaching offerings are there. The sexual curiosity quiz is there and anything new I'm just popping up some new resources just to help us have conversations around sex with each other. Sounds good. You're doing good work. Thanks for what you're doing. I'll definitely put that link and that information in the show notes. So guys, you can check that out. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us and your teachings. Really appreciate it. I really appreciate what you're doing for men and I hope you all have a great night. Thank you. 